Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to Valley Point Church and welcome to the launch of our summer theme, which will carry us through the rest of this month, all of July and all of August. We are going to dive into this theme and learn some great things together. More about that in a moment. It's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of the dads who are watching. I hope you have a fantastic day celebrating. Everybody be nice to dads today, okay? A little history on this day. Sonora Smart Dodd was born in Sebastian County in Arkansas in 1882, and her mother died when she was 16. Dodd's father, William, raised her and her five brothers after their mother passed. While listening to a Mother's Day sermon with her father at the church they were attending in 1909, Dodd was bothered that there was not a day to honor her Civil War veteran father who raised her and her five younger brothers alone. Dodd wanted the celebration to be held on June 5th, her father's birthday, but planning difficulties pushed the first Father's Day celebration to Sunday, June 19th, 1910 in the state of Washington. However, get this, It was not until 1972, 58 years after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day official, that the day honoring fathers became a nationwide holiday in the United States. So there you go, a little history on this day. Now, here's a bit of trivia, because everyone loves trivia, right? Why Father's Day, apostrophe S, and not Father's Day, S apostrophe. So many people have asked about this. I can't ignore it. Well, apparently, Sonora Smart Dodd originally used the Father's Day spelling, S apostrophe, on her petition for the holiday. But the bill Congress voted on had the alternate spelling. This enables the holiday to apply to individual fathers as opposed to fathers as a whole. That's the argument. Now you know. I'm sure that's been bothering a lot of people, so we're clear. Happy Father's Day. I hope you have a great day celebrating. Since it's a special day, I want to begin a new theme called cliché-ish. We're going to think about clichés. Now, I will state that I really don't like cliches. I try to avoid them like the plague, but they do seem to be commonplace in culture, just phrases we use. Interestingly enough, they are also rather common in the church. Here's a definition. Cliché. It's a trite, stereotyped expression. A sentence or phrase usually expressing a popular idea that has lost originality, ingenuity, and impact by being overused. Basically, a cliché is anything that has become trite or commonplace through overuse. 
Now, here's the thing about cliches. They are trite phrases that often, not always, but often contain elements of truth. There's something there. They are often, maybe not always, but often kind of or sort of true. That's why I have attached ish to the title. Ish is an attachment that we use to say kind of or approximately. The meeting will start at 10 o'clock a.m. ish. If someone says to you, you look young ish, (laughs) that's probably not a good sign. Cliche ish has the idea that this overused phrase may or may not be accurate, but it sure needs explanation. So that's what we're going to do. Make sense? Now, let me ask you this. Are there Christian cliches? Yes, there are. From things God never actually said, to statements that are kind of accurate, to deep truth that becomes trite with overuse, Christian cliches exist. While they may capture elements of truth, they often miss the full point of wisdom found in Scripture. I feel this is important to do because just throwing out statements may keep us from having a deeper relationship with God. So, let's explore and come to an understanding of truth, God's truth. Since it's Father's Day, I wanted to launch with something that generally connects with fathers, and that is work. Uniquely, this is something that impacts all of us, because we all work in some way. Our work may be paid or unpaid, but the very nature of being human involves work. So, I do hope this encourages everyone, but especially fathers, on your special day. Okay, work. Here's the cliche. Work is a necessary evil. Work is a necessary evil. Certainly cliche-ish. Now, it does contain elements of truth. Work is necessary, right? But it's not necessarily evil unless moving through life with food, clothing, and shelter is evil. We generally like those things and consider them to be good. Our work makes these things possible, which is good. Scripture reinforces for us that work is good. I want to share some thinking points from Scripture about work. So keep in mind, Scripture reinforces for us that work is good. And we see this example in God himself. If you have a Bible or a device, please find Genesis chapter 2. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Chapter 2 is right at the beginning. And here's what we discover. Here's what we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. 
he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. Here's thinking point number one. Work was not beneath God. It wasn't. You get a picture here in reading this, that God's hands are in the dirt, so to speak. And he is creating and planting. Work was not something that he distributed to his minions, his angels, and everything else he had at his disposal, which I guess is everything since he's God. That's not what we see, though. God himself worked so much so that here's what we read in chapter 2. It says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work. And the picture we have of that word here is that this is his occupation. That's what that word work here means. On the seventh day, God had finished his occupation of creation. So here's what he did. He rested from all his work. Same word. He rested from his occupation. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work. Same word. It was the day when he rested from his occupation of creating. God worked. He had an occupation. And he needed to rest from that work. But it was not beneath him. Here's thinking point number two. Work was part of God's initial instruction for humans in the beautiful world he made. If you go back a chapter to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, here's what it says. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. And here comes an interesting word. Govern it, which means subdue. So here's what I want you to do. You be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and also govern it, subdue it. And then it says, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. That word reign has the idea of have dominion. So govern, that's what they were supposed to be doing. Subdue. And reign, have dominion. These are words that carry the idea of work. We then read this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend. And that word tend actually means to work. So God placed the man in the garden to work and watch, which means to preserve. So all of these words here in Genesis chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 2 
point to work as something that God wanted for humans. Here's thinking point number three. When Jesus came to earth, let's think about him for a moment. He did not come to sit around in leisure. He trained, actually, as a carpenter. And here's what we read in Mark chapter 6. Again, we're thinking about Jesus and his work. Here's what it says, Mark chapter 6. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Where did this come from? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. (laughs) That's what they said about Jesus. He's just a carpenter. And that word means he was a craftsman. He was a builder. He worked. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. In addition to his work of saving the world, think about this. Jesus was trained as a carpenter a trade he likely learned from his father. So, God worked, he did. Jesus worked. How about this? Thinking point number four. The Holy Spirit also works. Are you ready for this? In Romans chapter eight, we read this about the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. There's beautiful language here. The Holy Spirit helps. He prays for us. The Spirit is saying and he pleads for us believers. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, all of that to say the Godhead God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit demonstrate that work is not a necessary evil. It is good. It's very good. Which means, and here's our big idea. So please take some good notes, write this down because I think it's important for us. Here's the big idea. Your work matters to God. Your work, it matters to God. Now here's why. Through work, we serve people. Through work, we meet our own needs. Through work, 
We meet our family's needs. Through work, we earn money to give. Through work, we love God. Let's review that. Through work, and keep in mind, our work matters. So through work, we serve people. We meet our own needs. We meet our family's needs. Through work, we earn money to give. And through work, we love God. Your work matters to God. And God wants us to be on mission where we live. Can you say that? It's a phrase we use all of the time. With your work, God wants you to be on mission where you live, work, and play. I shared with you on Mother's Day that one of the greatest gifts my mom gave to me is her love for God's word. I treasure that. Since it's Father's Day, I'm going to share with you one of the greatest gifts that I received from my father. At a young age, my father started working at Caterpillar Tractor Company in Aurora, Illinois. He then went and served our country in Vietnam. Upon his return, he went back to work at CAT. He worked there his entire career and then retired. As I think about my career, I love what I do. I love my work. Every day, I get to work doing something that I love. I love you, Valley Point. Serving with you is a delight. I love it. I love it. I'm not sure my father would say that he loved his job or his work, but he gained satisfaction from his work. I saw that in him, and I am thankful for it. He gained satisfaction from his work because through his work, he served people. Through his work, he helped meet our family's needs. Through his work, he earned money to give. Through his work, he loved God. And my dad was a bright light in his location. I know that about him. Listen, you may love your work or you may long for something different. Either way, your work matters to God. And may we not forget these words that are found in the New Testament book of Colossians. They are so encouraging for us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 Here's what it says. Get this now. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. I think this really puts it in perspective. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. See, work is not a necessary evil. Cliché-ish. No, work is good. So, back to the big idea. Your work matters to God. Okay, 
some takeaways for us. Number one, recognize work for the good that it is. Work is good. It is. And it matters. Takeaway number two, if you love your work, thank God. Take some time today and thank God for the work he has provided for you. That's a great thing. And you should take time to thank God for what he has provided. Takeaway number three, if you are searching for different work, pray for a new opportunity. Ask God to open up something perfect just for you. It's okay. We can pray and ask God even for new work. Now, for all, please know, please know, your work matters to God. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you on this day. It's a special day. We're celebrating fathers and talking about work, something that impacts all of us. It impacts fathers as well. God, some of us love our work and some of us probably hate it. Wherever we may fall on that spectrum, I pray that you would use your word today and just as we have reviewed how God the Father views work, God the Son, how he viewed work and how God the Holy Spirit viewed work and how they all worked and how this is what you want for us. This is how you have designed us as humans. May this encourage us, whether we love our work or whether we hate it, to know that our work matters to you because through it, Wow, we can do quite a bit. God, I pray for those right now who love their work. Would you use them to be a bright light in their location? God, I want to pray for those who would say they don't like their work. Maybe they despise it. I pray that you'd help them to keep eyes on you and to cry out to you even today and to ask for new opportunities and new work. But until then, help them to work as unto you. Help them to work to please you, knowing that our work matters. So God, work is not a necessary evil. It's something that you want for us. Help us all, God. I pray that you would help us all to flourish in our work, knowing that will make a difference for you. God, give our fathers a wonderful day as they celebrate. May they feel special and may they feel encouraged with this day. We pray it all now in the name of our heavenly father. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.